Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. The top five at five. Here's everything you need to know. Silence from the U.S. DOJ and U.S. AG as pro-abortion demonstrators target conservative U.S. Supreme Court justices over Roe v. Wade. That despite a federal law saying it's illegal to do so. President Biden says Russia's president doesn't have a way out of the war in Ukraine while rallying the West's response to Moscow's invasion of its neighbor. Will he or won't he return to Twitter? Elon Musk says he'll give former President Donald Trump the green light to go back to the social media platform. Amazon's dropped the axe on two employees who worked to unionize the company's first U.S. warehouse on Staten Island. Tampa Bay's quarterback Tom Brady has announced new retirement plans. Here's everything you need to know. No response from the DOJ over continued protests outside of the homes of U.S. Supreme Court justices. Left-wing pro-abortion demonstrators have been rallying against the high court's leaked draft opinion, which overturns Roe v. Wade. That despite what U.S. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says is a federal law that makes it illegal to influence federal officials and the outcome of a court case is far outside the bounds of First Amendment speech or protest. It is an attempt to replace the rule of law with the rule of mobs. It appears this may possibly be flat-out illegal. There's a federal law on the books that criminalizes, quote, pickets or parades, end quote, with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer. He's referring to U.S. Code 1507, It calls for imprisonment of not more than one year or both, as well as fines. The pro-abortion protesters have been targeting the private homes of six Republican-appointed justices. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland has not issued a statement about the demonstrations. President Joe Biden has warned that Russian President Vladimir Putin cannot stay in power. Biden warned Monday night that Putin does not have a way out of the war in Ukraine. He made the remark during a DNC fundraising reception in Maryland. In Poland on March 26, Biden said this about the Putin regime. It will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Biden's comments come as Kiev's foreign minister has upgraded his country's goals to pushing Moscow's forces completely out of Ukraine. President Biden Monday night also touted the U.S. efforts to rally the Western response to Russia's invasion. 
President Donald Trump, former president, could be back on Twitter. Elon Musk, awaiting finalization of his takeover of the social media giant, said Trump's ban was a morally bad decision. He made the comment at a Future of the Car Summit hosted by the Financial Times. I think the if, if there are tweets that are wrong, they should and bad, those should be uh, uh either deleted or made invisible, um, and a suspension, uh, a temporary suspension is appropriate, um, but not a permanent ban. Musk said a permanent ban undermines the trust of Twitter. Last month, Twitter's board agreed to Musk's $44 billion takeover. It is awaiting final approval from the SEC and a vote by shareholders. It's unclear if Trump will return to Twitter. He said he wasn't planning to do so and is focused on his platform, Truth Social. Twitter banned Trump two days after the January 6th riot, after Twitter executives felt the former president allegedly incited violence. Amazon has fired two employees tied to an organizing campaign, resulting in the company's first unionized warehouse in the United States out on Staten Island. Matt Kusick and Tristan Dutchen told CNBC they were fired by Amazon in recent days. They've been working with the Amazon Labor Union, an upstart group led by current and former company employees to organize workers at the e-commerce giant's warehouses on New York, Staten Island. Here's Kusick in a video he posted on Twitter. I was terminated while on a leave that I was told was approved. And now I can't get my job back until I wait seven business days for some body I can't contact to do some process, I can't know how it works. Dutchin said he was fired on Saturday after he wrapped up his shift. Amazon told him he had failed to meet the company's productivity goals. Kusick, who serves as ALU's communications director, said he was fired last week after going on COVID care leave, which allows employees to care for family members sick with COVID-19. Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady once again has retirement plans. The New York Post is reporting Brady will be paid $375 million to join Fox as an NFL commentator upon his permanent retirement from the NFL. The amount is almost as much as Fox paid to secure NFL rights nearly four decades ago. That was $400 million. Fox Sports anchor Joy Taylor. Him joining is is very important and it's it's impactful and it's exciting, but this is also an answer to something that we have all discussed when it comes to Tom Brady for a very long time. What is Tom Brady going to do when he retires? Comparing salaries, Troy Aikman, for example, is paid $18 million. Brady retired for 40 days before announcing he'd be back as Tampa's quarterback for the upcoming season. His deal with Fox begins upon his retirement from football. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny, our high 67, the overnight low 57. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, the high 68. And right now, 47 cloudy skies here in the city. Republican U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas admits the GOP is concerned about the effects on Republicans on the party if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, a final decision expected in June or July. Cruz is speaking during his podcast on Friday. Verdict with Red Cruz said that the leak is a manifestation of how the Democrats are destroying institutions, trying to burn them down. The kind of angry leftists, many of whom 
are pretty ignorant and don't even know what overturning Roe means, I think a month afterwards they're going to be surprised. Wait, nothing about my life changed. Cruz also said Democrats are holding on to the Roe v. Wade controversy as their Hail Mary to save the party's outcome in the midterms. Cruz believes that pro-lifers will energize and turn out at the polls for the GOP, leading to an even bigger Republican majority in both the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives this fall. U.S. Senator Susan Collins of Maine is being targeted by pro-abortion activists all over her plan to vote against legislation today that would codify abortion rights into law. She contacted police in Bangor, Maine, after protesters left a chalk message outside of her home. Protesters wrote, Susie, please, Mainers want WHPA. Vote yes. Clean up your mess in chalk on our sidewalk. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Even as passions are high, even as people are fearful, even as people are scared and frustrated, which is understandable, we should not, no one should resort to violence, of course, nor threats, nor intimidation, nor vandalism, um, that those are not effective means. The U.S. Senate voting today on WHPA, the Women's Health Protection Act. However, the vote expected to go down to defeat, as it did in February, 46 to 48, it wishing rights into federal law and ban many common restrictions on the procedure that GOP-led states have already enacted. Collins broadly supports abortion rights, but says she'll vote against today's measure because she thinks it goes too far and doesn't have religious protections for Catholic hospitals. President Joe Biden yesterday ramped up his attacks on the GOP. During a speech to tackle soaring inflation, Biden called the GOP's platform and Ultra MAGA agenda, referring to former President Trump's Make America Great Again slogan. But the fact is, congressional Republicans, not all of them, but the mega Republicans are counting on you to be as frustrated by the pace of progress, which they have everything, they've done everything they can to slow down, that you're going to, will hand power over to them and enact so they can enact their extreme agenda. Biden's remarks as a gallon of gas has hit a record high of $4.37 a gallon, according to AAA. Inflation had a 40-year high under his administration, the biggest issue Democrats face heading into the midterms. The Biden administration is pinning inflation on supply chain issues, COVID-19, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The head of the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board has an extensive history of promoting baseless Trump-Russia collusion claims from Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, including allegations now scrutinized by special counsel John Durham. Nina Jankowitz has cited Christopher Steele as a disinformation expert, made misleading claims about the funding of his dossier, cast doubt on the Hunter Biden laptop story, downplayed Iranian election meddling and critique the Wuhan China lab leak hypothesis. Here's Jankowitz in 2020. Imagine that, you know, with President Trump right now calling all of these news organizations that have uh, inconvenient for him stories that they that they're getting out there that he's calling fake news and now lashing out at platforms. I would never want to see our executive branch have that sort of power. The Washington Examiner reported she repeatedly shared the debunked claims about Trump-Russia collusion in 2016 and beyond. She was sharing Clinton's infamous Halloween tweet, which said it's time for Trump to answer serious questions about his ties to Russia. That included a screenshot with the caption, Donald Trump has a secret server. Yes, Donald Trump. It was 
set up to communicate privately with a Putin-tied Russian bank called Alpha Bank. The FBI, CIA, uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, a bipartisan Senate Intelligence Committee investigation, and Durham's team have all cast doubt on or shot down the Alpha Bank claims. Gun murders are at their highest level since 1994 in the United States. The CDC Centers for Disease Control reporting in 2020 there were 19,350 firearm-related homicides. That's up 34.6% from 2019. The highest gun homicide rates occurred among black persons. That as calls to defund the police swept the nation following the death of George Floyd and an emergence of Black Lives Matter. The national four gun suicides totaled 24,245. That's a 1.5% increase. Firearms were involved in 79% of all homicides and 53% of all suicides in 2020, according to the CDC. Geographically, gun homicide rates increased all across the country in large and small metro areas, as well as non-metro and rural areas. That's Russia continuing to pound away at Ukraine's southern border, its port of Odessa near the Black Sea. Ukrainian officials say the bodies of 44 civilians were found in the rubble of a building destroyed by a Russian blast weeks ago. Ukrainian, British and American officials say in strikes aimed at the port of Odessa, Russia has resorted to having to use imprecise Soviet era missiles making targets unreliable because they cannot build weaponry fast enough. 77 WABC Time Check, 515. Time for sports with Justin Ellick. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Thank you, Deb. We've seen a lot of things from Aaron Judge in a New York Yankees uniform, but one thing we haven't seen from the big righty is a walk-off ding-a-ling. All rise as the judge checked that off his bucket list last night in the Bronx. That electric call, courtesy of Michael K. and the Oy. Yes Network, Oi, is correct. 99's colossal three-run shot capped off a come-from-behind 6-5 to five win for the Bombers over the division rival Blue Jays. The win improved New York's record to 21-8, and eight, good for first place in the AL East, and the best record in Major League Baseball. The finale of the Yankees' short two-game set with Toronto is set for early this afternoon at 12.35 p.m. Eastern Time. That game will see Jamison Tyone toe the rubber against Toronto's Jose Barrios. As for the Metropolitan, they aren't far off from the MLB Best Bombers as they sit at 21-10 and 10 overall after their 4-2 win over the Nationals in D.C. last night. James McCann drove in the go-ahead run with a sacrifice fly during a three-run sixth inning for the Orange and Blue. Jeff McNeil did his part with two RBI paired with some clutch play on defense. And Carlos Carrasco secured the win on the bump for the Mets going seven-plus strong innings to help carry them to victory. The middle game of the three-game set in Washington is set for 7.05 p.m. tonight. Tyler McGill gets the call going up against Washington's Aaron Sanchez. Wrapping up here with some postseason scores across the NHL and NBA. On the ice, it was the Hurricanes over Bruins, 5-1 to to take a 3-2 to series lead. The Maple Leafs besting the Lightning, 4-3 to to jump ahead in that series. The Blue Jays take a 3-2 to or the Blue Jays. The Blues take a 3-2 to lead over the Wild with their 5-2 to win in Minnesota. And the Kings bury the Oilers 5-4 to in OT 
to go up three games to two out west. Now for the hardwood, as the Sixers get mollywopped by the Heat, 120 to 85 to go down three to two in the East semis, and the Suns take down the Mavericks at home, 110 to 80 to go up a game in that matchup. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice day, mostly sunny or high 67. The overnight low 57, mostly cloudy day tomorrow, the high 68. Right now, 47 cloudy skies. Frank Morano standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. A mixed day on Wall Street Tuesday with the Dow Jones down again 84 points. The Nasdaq up 114 points and the S&P up 9.8 points. In another blow to the U.S. economy, prices at the pump soared to fresh new highs. According to AAA, the national average price for regular gasoline climbed more than four cents on Tuesday to 4.37 a gallon. That takes out the prior record of 4.33 set on March 11th. Gas prices are up 17 cents in the past week alone. Realtor.com says Miami area apartment rents have soared 58% over the past two years through March. That's the fastest rate of any U.S. metro area. That compares with the 19% average national rental increase over that period. Many Miami locals tell the Wall Street Journal they're furious over relocating New Yorkers who are seen as the cause of driving up apartment rents. Tech industry representatives are coming to Capitol Hill this week to warn that the remote work trend will lead to more offshoring of software developer and other technology jobs unless the U.S. admits more high-skilled immigrants. According to a jobs data review by Techna, remote jobs in tech jumped by more than 420% between January of 2020 and last month growth that was intensified by the pandemic. In February, more than 22% of all tech jobs were listed as remote, compared with 4.4% in January of 2020. Andy Warhol's silkscreen portrait of Marilyn Monroe sold for $195 million at Christie's on Monday. The sale of the iconic work established a new record for any American artwork at auction. The sale kicked off New York's major spring auctions and underscored the global strength of the high-end art market at a time of volatility in broader financial markets. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thanks, Frank. Looking at futures this morning, everything in the green. The Dow's up 315 points at 32,402. S&P 500 up 46 and a half. The Nasdaq up 166 and a half. Gold up $10 an ounce at $1,851. Crude oil up $3.51 at $103.27. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. An upstate New York congressman is retiring amid sexual misconduct allegations. Representative Tom Reed, a Republican, announced yesterday he's resigning from Congress. The announcement comes a year after he was accused by a former lobbyist of sexual misconduct. Thank you for giving a country lawyer, the youngest of 12, raised by a single mother whose father passed away when I was just two years old, the honor of representing you at the highest level. Only in America can such a dream come true. So I humbly bid farewell and submit my resignation as a member of the House, and I wish you all Godspeed. The former lobbyist Nicole Nicolette Davis told the Washington Post in a story published last March that Reed had allegedly sexually harassed her four years earlier at a bar in Minnesota. 
Reid apologized to Davis in a lengthy statement but said he had just learned about the alleged incident in the newspaper article. Punchbowl News reports Reid is joining Prime Policy Group. That's a bipartisan government relations and public affairs firm in Washington, D.C. Well over two years into the viral pandemic, only 8% of Manhattan office workers have returned to in-office work five days a week. The survey by Partnership for New York City finds that on any given workday, 38% of Manhattan office workers are at their physical workplace. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has repeatedly encouraged employers to bring their employers back to the office, in office, saying they're crucial to the city's economic recovery. New Yorkers, it's time to get back to work. You can't tell me. You're afraid of COVID on Monday, and I see you in a nightclub on Sunday. Pre-pandemic, just 6% of employers offered a hybrid work model. Now it's 80%. The survey done two weeks ago and surveyed 160 CEOs. After Labor Day, business leaders polled said they expect to see about 49% of workers return in office, although those surveyed said the hybrid model will remain as an option. Over three months into the baby formula shortage, parents are getting more desperate. Forty percent of product is out of stock. The shortage largely stemming from the February 17th recall of the popular powder formulas of name brands Similac, Almentum, and Elcare. Two baby deaths and several reported illnesses have been linked to those products. The products were produced at a Michigan manufacturing plant run by Abbott Nutrition. In a statement issued last month, the firm said it was working with the FDA to restart operations in Michigan. Parents having a tough time feeding their babies. A couple of stores we've been in we have not had it. and We've had to go to the next location. I'm myself am down to one can of formula. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, the Republican from New York, told the New York Post on Tuesday that President Biden and his administration have done nothing to alleviate the shortage. New York City is working to reduce traffic-related fatalities. New York City saw a 44% increase in traffic-related deaths in the first three months of this year. That according to Transportation Alternatives. The city's DOT commissioner, Udonis Rodriguez, is calling on New York State lawmakers in Albany to hand over control of the city's red light and speed cameras back to the city. Rodriguez said publicly that giving control back to the city would allow law enforcement to reduce traffic deaths. The state currently allows the city to control the speed cameras that issue tickets in school zones, but they are not operational overnight or on weekends. A suspect freed ahead of a June sentencing date for a past gun bust allegedly shot an NYPD cop last night. Officer Dennis Vargas, working for the Bronx Borough Public Safety Team and his partner, spotted the suspect, 25-year-old Rameek Smith, right near 3rd Avenue and Claremont Parkway. Smith fled on foot as the uniformed officers exited their unmarked patrol vehicle. The cops gave chase, and Smith allegedly fired at the officers, striking Vargas. Police say the officers returned fire, hitting Smith in his head. Spending our energy protecting people who are committing crimes and violence. This person has an extensive arrest history. He has made up his mind. He was not going to stop until he took the life of an innocent person. New York City Mayor Eric Adams there during a press conference following that shooting. Vargas, an eight-year veteran whose father-in-law is also a cop, was taken to Lincoln Medical Center in stable condition. He was released hours later. Smith was taken to St. Barnabas Hospital in critical condition. 
At a press briefing, Police Commissioner Keechan Sewell called Smith a dangerous criminal who should not have been on the streets of the Bronx or anywhere else. Smith was also convicted of robbery in 2016 and given five years probation, officials say. Smith pleaded guilty in December to a gun case and was released until his sentencing, which was delayed twice until June. New bail reform laws allowed a judge to order the woman accused of allegedly shoving an 87-year-old grandmother to her death in an unprovoked attack in New York City to be held without bail yesterday. The New York State Supreme Court judge cited the law change related to potential seriousness of harm in ordering 26-year-old Lauren Pazienza jailed pending trial in the death of Barbara Gustern. Morgan Genesis, a friend of Gustern's, spoke to ABC7 after being in the courtroom during the ruling. She ran across the street to push an elderly woman for no reason because she was having a temper tantrum and pushed her so hard that she hit her head and bled out and died. And I'm sorry for her. I'm sorry for her parents. But uh, what she did needs to have consequences. Penzienza is charged with manslaughter and assault. She was initially released on bail. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, here's part two of our interview with John Paul Mac Isaac. He's the owner of that now shuttered shop down in Delaware that Hunter Biden, the president's son, brought his laptop to. Did the emails that you saw on Hunter Biden's laptop allegedly show that he was involved in foreign business dealings, for example, Russia, Ukraine or China? I saw a lot of stuff about the Ukraine. Now, keep in mind, once this became my possession uh, in the mid-summer, about July, mid-July of 2019, uh, Hunter Biden and his business dealings with Ukraine were in the news. So I had seen some documents prior during the data transfer that kind of clued me into a lot of money being exchanged and a lot of services being granted in exchange for that money. And I I did a deep dive into the laptop, and what I saw was a blatant pay-for-play scheme running out of the the vice president's office, Uh, a lot of money exchanging hands, uh, a lot of money in Kazakhstan, Romania, Ukraine, and, of course, China. Did you see any evidence on the laptop that allegedly connects Joe Biden, then vice president, to any of Hunter Biden's business dealings? I Yes. Uh, Hunter was very careful to constantly refer to his father as my guy or the big guy uh, in a lot of these communications. Uh, but you can when you put it when you put the events of the Ukraine in 2014 in a timeline, and you see when Devin Archer and Hunter hatched the idea about using Hunter's father to show potential business opportunities in the Ukraine that they had the full force of the Obama administration behind them. Uh, they took that and then took Devin, went to, uh, who was already a board member of Burisma at the time, took that information to Joe Biden right before Joe Biden went to the Ukraine to do a tour and, and announced he's the hood ornament of the administration's policies towards Ukraine. And that was actually presented to Burisma as a value added to show that we can have this much influence uh, hire us. And shortly thereafter, Hunter was appointed to the board of directors. John Paul, in retrospect, anybody who turns their laptop into a computer re- repair shop, such as the one that you owned in Delaware, 
obviously knows what's on those laptops. So why, in retrospect, do you think that Hunter Biden never returned? Is there any idea in your mind that you think that he wanted this information to go public? I've thought about that. Um, You you know, it's I definitely got the impression that over the last, you know, couple decades, Hunter has basically been Joe's bag. And I can't imagine. I mean, I'm I'm proud to be my son's or my father's son. So I can you know, I just can't imagine him sharing in that pride. And so that's always been a possibility. Like this is maybe his cry for help. Um, His actions and behavior on the news over the past year and a half haven't demonstrated that. And you can listen to part three of our interview tomorrow during the 77 WABC Early News and also give another listen on our website at WABCradio.com. Bernie and Sid, the best morning show in New York coming up at 6, of course, 6 to 10, Monday through Friday, right here on 77 WABC. And Sean Spicer with Bernie and Sid at 740 this morning. Of course, the host of Spicer and Company weekdays, 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Newsmax. Of course, he served as the 30th White House Press Secretary and as White House Communications Director under President Donald Trump back in 2017. So Sean Spicer at 740 with Bernie and Sid. And at 840, you'll get treated to former Congressman Peter King with Bernie and Sid, who, of course, was a U.S. representative for New York's 2nd Congressional District from 2013 to 2021. Peter King with Bernie and Sid at 8. 40. The Peerless Spoilers Beat Bernie Contest at 940. 32 past each hour. Sid Sports. 825 Liddy reports. 30 past each hour. The 77 WABC Clip of the Day with Joan Hamburg remembers her strong mother and talks about a special gift she got from her mom post Mother's Day. All right. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Stay tuned for Bernie and Sid. We'll be back with the early news tomorrow morning at 5.